Everyone has something to say, a story to tell. We make it easy to share yours. So let's talk. Regardless of your podcast setup, hit record. And from there, whether your podcast reaches 10 people or 10 million, we can help you get heard wherever listeners are. And who knows, maybe even quit your day job. But no matter who hears you, it's about connecting and sharing something from your perspective. It's about having a voice and using it without anything standing in your way. Say it all with anchor. Tiki Hut Media. Pop the top on your favorite beer or whatever you drink from Tiki Hut Media. This is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hey there, welcome into Soul Ramblings Podcast. Today we've got a review of a couple of books that I've read recently, and we've also got some good news coming up. The first book I read about a month ago, I picked it up. You remember a few weeks ago, I talked about a book I'd gotten at a library book sale, and this is one of those books that I'd gotten in addition to that. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. (laughs) The title cracked me up, and I don't usually go for the self-help books because To me, they're all the same. Smile more, love more, hate less, don't give up. It's all going to be okay. It's all in your head, blah, blah, blah. But this one was the exception. Anything with a curse word in the title on the cover (laughs) piques my interest. The first half of the book, to be honest, was my favorite. The aim of this book is to help us to think a little bit more clearly about what we're choosing to find important in life and what we're choosing to find unimportant. But it was when I got to chapter three of the book. It's called You Are Not Special. I knew that Mark was on to something here because I am so anti-participation trophy, it's ridiculous. I believe kids need to learn how to lose, and that's how character is built. And that's pretty much one of the major points of the entire book, actually. That, and simply put, prioritizing where you put your emotional energy otherwise known as your fucks, (laughs) stuff that I think I've got a pretty good handle on already. But full transparency here, I read this out of curiosity with a slim to none expectation of there being anything life-changing to take away from it. Now, don't get me wrong, I was surprised. I thought the book made a lot of solid points in various places, some really good, well-articulated ones, actually. And I think this book does have something to offer. Now, the good points that he makes... He does not attempt to claim creating those. He just wrote it down in an easy, witty, sometimes offensive and controversial fashion with examples of his own life and personal epiphanies that he had. Essentially, he is saying that the Internet and the media demand that we give a fuck about everything, but we only have so much time on Earth and so many fucks to give, and we have to choose who and what we spend those fucks on. That makes sense. Unfortunately, most of the book turns into the same self-help drivel you see in any other how-to-be-happy kind of book. I did think he got a little misogynistic throughout the book. He keeps talking about all of his sexual escapades, especially in his 20s, and how he used women, and he seems to even justify that in my eyes. So it did get a little bit ridiculous there. It also contradicted itself a bit in some areas, though nothing really detrimental. He definitely walks a fine line in this book when discussing certain issues as they pertain to women. Now, I'm not going to lie, this book definitely appealed to my snarky, crass sense of humor, reminding me once again 
that sometimes I probably need to work on my personality and <laughs> my sense of humor, but whatever. Overall, I give this book two out of five stars. It's pretty good, makes some pretty good points. It is not the best written book I've ever read. As a matter of fact, it was a very quick, easy read. I read it in a matter of a couple of sittings. If you're looking for something earth-shattering or profound that you haven't read before, this is definitely not the book to get. If you're looking for something and you've got that crass sense of humor, you'll probably get through the book, chuckle a few times. Uh, I'll leave it up to you. Another book I recently read was Michelle Obama's Becoming. In this memoir, she reflects on what her life was like as she was raised on the south side of Chicago and her roots in her working-class family. We learn about her college life and her career as a lawyer. Along the way, you get to experience the grief she felt when she lost her father too soon. And we get to follow along as she met Barack Obama, who was at that time a junior lawyer, what it was like dating and eventually marrying the future president. And from there, we learn what the White House is like, from the gardens to the galas. Michelle Obama walks through every aspect of juggling work, motherhood, being first lady. This book was very, very good. I really enjoyed reading it. When she talked about her love for her father and how painful that loss was, that truly got me in the best way possible, especially since just over two years ago I lost my mother and I could relate to what she was talking about. Also learning about the rest of her family, her brother, parents, grandparents, really helped me understand what her childhood was like and how it shaped her into the woman she is today. I was really surprised about everything that she had accomplished when she was in the White House because I really didn't know a lot about that. There's a lot to enjoy about this book, much to think about and much to savor. And at least for me, much to reminisce about because, boy, I sure do miss the Obamas. <laughs> That's just my personal opinion. So I highly recommend Michelle Obama's Becoming. I give it five stars. Coming up, we've got some good news this week. Stick around. We'll be right back after this short break. The law firm of Becker & Lindauer worked tirelessly to make sure drunk and impaired drivers are held responsible for the wreckage they cause. Incredibly, Florida does not mandate that all drivers carry bodily injury liability insurance. As such, Florida has one of the highest uninsured motorist populations in the country. Many drivers carry only minimal coverage, providing only a fraction of the protection needed by those they injure or may. If you or a loved one were injured as a result of negligent conduct of an uninsured or underinsured motorist, the team at Becker & Lindauer can help in making sure your legal rights are protected. With over 45 years of combined experience, call today for a free consultation. Area code 941-567-6728. Again, 941-567-6728 or visit their website. The link is in the show notes. Hey, on last week's episode, we had the sermon that I preached over at Trinity United Methodist Church in Bradenton, Florida, and talked about how we need to get back to the basics and we need to accept our call and that is love God and love each other. And I just wanted to get real clear, follow up with that, and get real clear on one thing, the point and purpose of not only our lives, but also this podcast where I crack open a beer, by the way, drinking my beer right now as we're talking. This podcast and our lives should be 
all about love. Now, I'm not talking about, if you listened last week and you're listening now, I'm not talking about this soft, squishy, sentimental love, but hard, substantial, mountain-moving, world-changing, life-transforming, power-filled love. We live in a world consumed with and broken by the love of power. We are inheriting a kingdom being established on and built up by the power of love. Jesus brought his entire program down to the single command that I talked about last week. Love one another as I have loved you, he said. Without the love of God, no matter whatever else we are and have done or have become, we are nothing without the love of God. Love is the challenge. Love is the course. Indeed, it is the whole curriculum. But this is a very particular kind of love. It is a transcendent, otherworldly love. This love of God is the substance of the sovereignty of God, the very bond of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Look how the Apostle John put it in his short sermon near the end of the Bible. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. That's 1 John 4.16. And that's it, isn't it? Now, please do not dismiss this as the flowery hyperbole of a soft gospel or as some kind of naive emotional tribute to a fluffy idealism. The love of God is the gospel, period. Over in Matthew 22, 34 through 40, we read, When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had left the Sadducees speechless, they met together. One of them, a legal expert, tested him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? He replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. So as we read that, we see that Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, and all our mind. And throughout my Christian walk, I learned to love God with all my heart and soul, but my mind, <laughs> my mind has a mind of its own. Training my mind to love God became the answer to a huge problem I have with my thoughts. Now, every morning I read scripture and pray to start my day, but by the time the day turns into evening, well, let's get real, by the time the day before even lunchtime gets here, <laughs> I have experienced a lot of negative and unkind thoughts. The idea of loving God with all my mind has changed my thinking. I want to be more aware of my thoughts during the day and learn to replace them with healthier, more godly thoughts. For example, if I think an unkind thought about someone or someone is rude to me, I may follow that thought pattern even further and eventually even gossip about that person. I'm learning now to confess the thought to God immediately and forgive myself. I haven't arrived there yet, but I'm getting better at it. God's still working on me. Then I think about what is admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. I want to love God with my mind, and over time, I'm learning to do that. So our challenge is to, today, turn our thoughts to God and to focus our prayers on changing our negative thinking. So why am I talking about all of this? Well, with recent news, especially as it relates to the pandemic that we are still in the middle of, fear and anxiety can drive us to become very self-focused. 
this global pandemic is a real case of getting sick together or staying well together. Our choices affect everyone around us. There's no such thing as individual risk or individual wellness. This is the ultimate reminder that we are inextricably connected to each other. Turning away from collective action right now, as tempting as it is, will only generate more pain. Owning and embracing our interconnectedness from a safe distance and thinking about others as we make choices is, ironically, our only path to safety for ourselves and the people we love. It's been my observation that people are angry right now, touchy, upset, even combative. We're all on edge. If you can be kind to someone, it'll go a long way in this atmosphere. Do something to brighten someone else's day. Because we can all get real shitty real fast when we're afraid. I get it. I do. It's also really normal for everyone to be on our nerves. I get that too. Trust me. But like it or not, we just cannot give up on people. We are all we have. So the reason I'm saying all of this is stay kind, love each other, spread calm instead of fear and anxiety and hang in there let's wrap up today's episode with some good news good news everyone the story came out last month in august in the peak of summer in italy swimmers flock to the beaches and lakes the lifeguards keep everyone safe and they bring in some much-needed assistants who are masters of dog paddling, something that shouldn't come as a surprise since they are, well, dogs. That's right. In Italy, an elite squad of 300 specially trained canines has successfully been keeping beachgoers safe by working as lifeguards. It was these life-saving canines that recently rescued 14 bathers struggling in high wind and waves at sea near a beach between Naples and Rome. The animals helped rescue a group of people who got in trouble 330 feet off the shore. The group, made of three families including eight children between the ages of 6 and 12, were struggling to get back to the shore after their inflatables, dinghies, and surf equipment started to fail in strong wind and waves. When the group started experiencing difficulty getting back to the shore, a family member on the beach began calling for help and captured the attention of three dog units close by. The dogs are a part of a school the Center South Department of Italian Rescue Dog School called SICS. The school patrols about 30 Italian beaches with 300 dog units, each with one dog and one trainer. With the help of lifeguards at nearby beaches, the three dogs successfully brought the group to shore in about 15 minutes. According to one of the dog's trainers, dogs are fundamental in Italy's lifeguard rescues especially when it comes to rescuing multiple people, since big groups would be too much for just a couple of lifeguards to handle. And that's this week's good news story on Soul Ramblings Podcast. If you found a good news story, email it to us, soulramblingspodcast at gmail.com. You can also get social with us over on Facebook or Instagram. Links are in the show notes. Give us a review there with stars and also comment. Your comments can bring more traffic to the page and more listeners to the podcast. We'd be grateful if you would do that. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to Soul Ramblings today. Be sure to click subscribe wherever you're listening if you haven't already. And remember to keep your mind on whatever is true, pure, right, holy, friendly, and proper. Don't ever stop thinking about what is truly worthwhile and worthy of praise. I'm Jerry Wicker, and I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today. Until next Wednesday on the Soul Ramblings Podcast, grace, peace, cheers. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production.